Okay, here's where I want to go tonight. Take, take out your Bible and go to 3 John 2. I start here a lot because there's so much meat in 3 John 2. Can you all see this? Can everybody see this? And this is something you can teach anyone when it comes to healing. The biggest impediment to healing is that legalistic mindset. Do good, get good, do bad, get get bad. And if you can help them overcome that mindset, it opens their spirit up and their soul up to the love of God. And I am convinced it's the love of God that manifests the healing in our lives. But when we have barriers up to that love, it's like, you know, you got this water coming down a river and if, if you throw some rocks in it, it has to go around it. And that spot where the rocks are, doesn't penet- the water doesn't penetrate. And so, so part of the, the whole concept of ministering healing is to get people out of their head into their heart so the love can flow. But the head is where the legalism is. It's the head that is always trying to analyze, am I good enough? Do I deserve this? It's the heart, though, that already knows, yes, I do. So if you can get people into the heart and get them out of their head, for that moment that they're out of their head, that love breaks through. And it brings the light and life of God. So when you go to 3 John 2, somebody read that. Okay, most translations say, "I you know pray that your soul prospers, that you be in health, and that your and as your soul prospers." The New Living actually says, "As your spirit strengthens, their strengths." And so, depending on how you translate it, it's it's dealing with the the heart and the spirit, but never is it translated dealing with the head. But the impediment to the soul, again, is that legalistic mindset. And so if we can break through, we get strength and prosperity. How many of you want strength and prosperity? How many of you want your children strength and prosperity? How many of you want your friends? How many of you want your enemies in strength and prosperity? You see... It's all about that. And so to, to break through, to break through that mindset, we teach about God as love. 1 John 4.16. If you look at that out of the New Living Translation, and let me go there. You can even, there is a 1 John 4.16 in the, um, the mirror, but coming here a minute to 1 John 4. 16 says God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them does God live in you so where's his love in you how many people though struggle with God's love most people we encounter do if you can get them though in to realize that God loves them you've broken the mindset or at least you've started the process of breaking the mindset. It's one thing to say God loves me. It's another thing to, to know that God loves me. 
where does, when I say, yeah, I know God loves me, that's, that's up here in my head. But when I go, I know that God loves me, that's here in my spirit, in my soul, in my heart, as the Bible says. So when I finally get to the breakthrough in my heart that I know that I know that I know that God loves me because of His love is free and outward pouring and it doesn't depend on me, that's pretty cool. But tonight I really want you to think about love, how He loves you, totally, completely, unconditionally. John relates health to our soul being strong, our spirit being strong, our soul being filled and blessed and prospered. And that's a state of being. It's not a thought in our head. And what do I mean by that? I know that I know that I know that I'm being prospered by God. I'm being blessed by God. And not because of anything I do, but because of everything He has done. And therefore, nothing I can do can take it away. If, I'm, if that's where my mindset is, then I will have this greater sense of His flow in my life. And, and because He's talking about prosperity and strength in Third John 2, and as I was mentioning, the biggest impediment is we live out of our head, and that's where the legalism sets in. Legalism is a function of our, of our thought patterns in our head. And so we're always analyzing in that context of do good, get good, do bad, get get bad. If I do this, is it going to have an adverse consequence? Is it going to have a positive consequence? And we're taught that as kids, you know. And some of that we need to learn, like you don't put your hand in an open flame. I mean, we need to learn that. But we need to learn it in a way that doesn't lock us into a legalistic mindset. And most of us have, have had that lock-in. And so God is trying to unlock and get us out of our head and get us into our heart, into our soul, into our spirit. And so as I was saying, um, when I saw you dri- drive up, Diane, the, the key is to get people to realize that God is love and that He's not angry. He's not frustrated with them. And, and in 1 John 4.16, it says, God is love. And it doesn't matter what translation, it's almost every one of them says exactly the same way. God is love. And so if God is love, as we've been, even as we were talking about on our Thursday night class, if He is love, if that's the essence of, of His being, then everything that happens in the universe flows out of His love. So, if God is love, then that and that love needs to manifest because that's what the that's what the trinity is trying to do is manifest this love and so his love manifests in his goodness if you go to psalm 27:13 a moment let's take a look at that verse yet i am confident i will see the lord's goodness while i am here in the land of the living and there's two aspects to that it talks about the Lord's goodness. So, if God is good, there's a manifestation of that good called goodness. And again, 
if we can get people to begin to understand it's not dependent on them. It's the natural outflow of His love. It's the natural outflow of Him being a good God. It's the goodness that flows from the love into us and into our surroundings. As you begin to begin, or as you can begin to focus people there, it's going to engage that part of their heart that you know we call sort of the God spot in a sense. You know, science has a different terminology for it. It's that place intuitive in, in a person where God is calling deep unto deep. And so, getting people to focus here. So sometimes that worship is a way of doing that. Finding songs that talk about his goodness, but don't have judgment or legalism in it. And in Norman and I, that's the challenge we are always facing, isn't it, buddy? We're always looking for a mix of worship where we can eliminate legalism or, or works kinds of things, but you gotta be you gotta focus to do that because there's not a I mean most worship songs are about you doing something. <laughs> Yep, and it's often just one line. And and sometimes that one line you can get past it, but sometimes it just it's just you gotta blow it off or, and throw the whole song out because of it. And so we can help people with that. And then if we realize that his love manifests in his goodness, then healing becomes a manifestation of his goodness. Go to Acts ten thirty eight. This is a verse that I have meditated on for 15 years. And then I'm going to read it out of the New Living. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, if you're in a legalistic mindset, you think of Jesus as God and he's healing as God but he's actually healing as us at that point, right? Because in the incarnational reality, we're with him at that moment because we were with him in his birth. We were with him because he carried us with him when he's walking the earth. The manifestation of the fullness of that comes with death, burial, and resurrection. But when he came out of eternity to take up human nature, we were there because he had already formed us in eternity in his thoughts and in his mind. So he already knew it. So when he's walking around the earth, if we if we are coming from a legalistic perspective, we're going, well, yeah, of course he did. He went around doing good and healing because he's God. Well, no, that's not the point. He went around healing and doing good because in the in the, in the human side of him, he's connecting to our darkness. He's connecting to our pain. He's connecting to our suffering and he can't help but release good. As can we. We too, as we realize these things here that God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be strong in spirit and in soul. And that out of his love, he manifests his goodness and he uses us to help manifest that. That's how I like to read Acts 10.38. Is I look at when it says Jesus went around doing good, I too go around doing good because God is with me, right? Isn't that what it said? Jesus went around doing good because God was with him. 
Is God with you? Do you see yourself going around doing good? And if the answer to that is no or I don't know, then you got to wrestle with are you in your brain, in your head, in your thoughts up here or are you down here in your heart and letting that unfold and reshape? Perception, perspective, right? What's going to control? Do I, I mean, go back to that verse. Jesus of Nazareth, with the um, God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with, and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Did God anoint you with the Holy Spirit? Did he give you power? He did that in the beginning. And he never revoked it. I have given you dominion. Genesis 1. And he never revoked it. Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Is God with you? Where is he? He's in me. And I'm in him. So you can go around and do Acts 10.38. And then that messes with the concept of expectation because we're dealing with perceptions. We're dealing with perspectives. Take a look at Colossians 1.5. Actually going to start in 4. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. What's an expectation? What's an expectation? Something you look forward to. Something you look forward to. That's part of it. Is it something you anticipate? I'm sorry, go ahead, Diane. It's what you're hoping on. Is it something you are anticipating? Yeah. Are you anticipating God to show His goodness to you and through you? That's part of the challenge. If you go to the mirror version of one five, heaven, the spiritual realm, is the limitless reservoir of your expectation. The announcement of the goodness of God is not far-fetched or too good to be true. The word you heard is absolutely true. The announcement of the goodness of God. So So part of our expectation is announcing God is good and expecting to see the results of that announcement. Do you want me to say it again? Okay. Let's, let's do it this way. Announcing that God is good and anticipating the manifestation of that goodness is one of the reasons we're here. We get to anticipate that He is showing His goodness through us. So that even if we're laying hands on someone, my anticipation is God's goodness is flowing, even if he doesn't know it. Because, you know, he may not be consciously aware of it, but in the spirit, in the soul, in the heart, things are turning, things are moving. He may have a physical manifestation, and he may not. And that's okay. 
But no, we don't do courtesy drops anymore, though, right? <laughs> and we're not laying hands on with the anticipation of the courtesy drop being the manifestation of the goodness of God. No. What's our heart? What was Jesus' heart when he went around doing good? Healing. Do you know how much darkness gets ripped out of people's lives when healing takes place? Do you know how connected they feel to God when there's a manifestation of healing? And we can be instruments of that. It's one of the reasons for these Friday nights is to allow opportunities, number one, for us to be healed, to be energized, but also to prepare to minister to others. And sometimes they'll come here, sometimes they won't. But where's my expectation? And if I let my expectation be based upon whether or not Ron has a courtesy drop when, or slain in the spirit when I lay hands on him, I'm not going to see much. Because the, the most of the time now you don't see that anymore because there's a maturity level that has come. Into the, into the church. And so you don't see a lot of slain in the spirit unless you're still dealing with entry level, sort of, so to speak, people who are, who are still there. But I don't see a lot of it anymore. But I sense the presence of God a lot. I mean, I have a tangible expression, even an hour ago, a tangible expression inside of me going on as I was anticipating tonight. And why? Because I, that's my expectation. Do I expect to see the goodness of God in the land of the living? Do I expect to know His presence, to feel His presence, to be engaged in His presence? Or am I going to continue to see Him off here somewhere? If you can focus people here, you can open the portals of of their cells to receive light and life. Because their cells will respond to where their thoughts go. The cell gates open up. The wells of refreshing flow as their expectations begin. Their expectations will be fed off of your expectations. If you don't believe it, they're not going to believe it. Because they're going to intuitively know you don't believe it. So, the challenge tonight to you is, as we go into an hour of worship... Can you flow here? Can you flow with the expectation that God wants to prosper and strengthen you in soul and spirit tonight, thereby automatically realizing that as your soul and your spirit strengthen and prosper, your body's going to follow? Because that's what 3 John 2 is talking about. Where your, where your soul goes and prospers or doesn't prosper is how your body's going to respond. I pray that your body will be in health as your soul prospers. There's a direct correlation. We've known that in medicine. Psychosomatic illness is a result of the soul not process, pros, prospering. But... So is suppressed immune system and other maladies because our soul struggles, our body struggles. 
And sometimes our body will take a trauma and that will impact our soul and it takes a while to reset the soul so the body can heal to the fullest. But if I'm anchored here, if I know that I know that I know that God wants me to prosper, He wants me to be in strength and soul and spirit, and as a result of that, my body to be full of life and health, and that it's a function of His love pouring into me because He can't help it, and that that love manifests that goodness in me and around me, my expectations should begin to go in that direction as I meditate on this. I don't have to meditate about, gee, God, I got this pain today. What are you trying to do to me? He's not giving us a pain to teach us or do anything to us. It ought to be a reminder to come back here, but not because he sent it. It's just because, hey, wait a minute, I got this pain today. What's going on? Fought through this week one of those kinds of that respiratory thing that's trying to move around. And you know what? No, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I remember the first night it started to come up. Absolutely not. And one of the things I know is if I begin to feel a symptom like that, I begin to meditate on God, but then I also, I know that I could sweat it out. And so I just put a heavy blanket on and it, and that night, the worst of the symptoms subsided and it took a couple more days for the rest of the symptoms to go away. But I sat in my chair that one night, and Carol will tell you, I sat in a chair and I had two blankets on. It was probably 70 degrees in the house, but by morning, it had flushed, in a sense, from, from sweating and breaking that. And that's how, I resp- that's how my body responds. In the meantime, I'm just pondering God. Nope, nope, nope. This is not going to be, this is not from my God. This is not who He is. He's full of light, he's full of life, he's full of love, and he's in me. So all of that is in me. And that's in you. And so if you got something going on tonight, as we move into this worship, I'm going to leave that there. I'm just going to let you guys look and as God directs you, or if he takes you somewhere else that, that takes, goes off of that or flows off of that, write it down. Because he's showing you something. And at the end of the night, we'll just come together and We'll speak light and in life into each other and we'll be supercharged, right? All right, John, let's do this.